to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast episode 304, where we're going to do something a little crazy because we end up later on, I, I'll probably edit it out, but I say after me and Clay get done talking about Amazing Spider-Man number 66, which you'll hear after this intro, hey, we're going to go off to Brandon, me and Brandon, hopefully we can get Brandon, I did get a hold of Brandon, me and Brandon end up recording a rather long segment this evening where we talked about a bunch of books, like things like Heroes Reborn, things like Wolverine, Daredevil, all these things. And then when we got done, his file would not complete, which then ended up corrupting it. And we have yet another issue with the man from Buffalo. And I think that there's just nothing that can come out of Buffalo that comes out right, it seems, right? Because Brandon, it's his inner, whatever it is, I don't know what it is. But we seem to have a lot of issues and end up wasting a lot of time and then end up having to do things like tonight. Having a Spider-Man Spotlight episode is really what it boils down to. Now, with that, we will get back to most of the books and maybe even more than what me and Brendan did talk about. And how I'm going to do this is this coming week, even though we're in the middle of the War of the Bounty Hunters preludes, and we even have... Bounty Hunters coming out this week. Uh, Matt Razor, my man Matt, who does the show with me, he is going to be on vacation this weekend. And he even said, if you want to do it by yourself, whatnot, you can. And I don't like to do that. But I was thinking, okay, what will I do in its place? Well, this kind of presents itself. What I will do is come back on Saturday and we'll talk about a bunch of those books. Like I said, maybe even more, maybe even with some guest stars. I don't know. Maybe I'll reach out and try to get some people to talk to me about some of these books. Maybe mix it up, a little special deal, Saturday Night Fever edition. Uh, We'll see. We'll see how that goes. But for now, here you are, and we're going to be going into me and Clay talking about Amazing Spider-Man number 66, an issue that me and him both liked enough, though there was some Pete and repeat. There was some recap, and you're also, you know, tying some things up and whatnot. But we'll get into that before we do. Let me tell you that if you don't have enough here where you're like, boy, one book, I need more, you can go over to the Patreon because me and Clay also recorded today our Patreon Spotlight, which had two books, one being The Fantastic Four Life Story by Mark Russell, the other one being Shang-Chi number one, Shang-Chi versus the Marvel Universe type deal. By Gene Luen Yang. And you can maybe take guesses of which one I liked. Just a smidgen more. Actually, I liked a lot more. But I'll leave that up there. And you can guess. And you can go over to the Patreon and check it out. Again, each week we have a two-issue episode. A spotlight. A Patreon spotlight that's exclusive to that. Where the books are picked by the badass level of the Get Fresh crew. Beep a boop. 
and a lot of other things as well. Ending up today, me and Matt, before he left on vacation, me and him ended up doing a podcast that's called The Rest of the Story Podcast, where we dive into a character or such that is relevant to that week's books. And we ended up doing the first appearance of Shang-Chi. So you can go over and listen to us talk about that, some of the background uh, leading into the book, and then also going through the issue itself and some other things. Me and my man Stork, we go through the book of the month show each and every Tuesday of every week. And for the month of May that we're in now, as we record this, Jupiter's Legacy is the book we did episode or chapter issue, whatever you want to call it, number three, that just came out this week, uh, the episode, and we loved it. We actually loved it and stuff like that. I'm going on and on and trying to push the Patreon, but yeah, if you could check it out, patreon.com slash weird science, give us a little bit of a, you know, a pat on the back a bit for the things that we do and get plenty more. And a lot of people, again, a lot of people throw the Patreons out there of like, hey, you know, if you want to support us, go support us. And it, it, it always blows my mind, the idea of that's like Netflix just having a thing and saying, hey, come and support us and whatever. No, no. You go to Netflix to watch movies. You go to Netflix to see TV shows, things that you like. And I figure if you're listening to the podcast, if you're going to want to support us, why not make it like the Netflix, a podcast type deal where you can go and get a ton of shows? And we do a ton of shows. We really do. I think we're nearing 2000 episodes of shows that you can listen to right now if you go and sign up. But that's enough of that there. But also you can go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back. I'll throw that in real quick because we'll go off to me and Clay. Unfortunately, just me and Clay tonight, though. The unfortunate part is that we don't get to hear Brandon. The fortunate part is we get to hear Clay talk to a dummy like me. And we're going to talk about Spider-Man. Away we go. All right. And as we always do, we're going to start out with me and Clay talking about the amazing Spider-Man. How you doing, Clay? I'm doing pretty good. Awesome. And here we go with yet another Nick Spencer book. Even when we don't have a regular issue every week, we get giant-sized issues and all this. So we are talking a lot of Spider-Man. And with that, this issue this is a typical Nick Spencer deal. We were just talking before we started recording. And the idea that this sets out some things, it seemingly puts some other things. This is what we're getting a lot recently as he puts into place, you know, some of the pieces for what's going to be coming up. And we still, I mean, we're still going with like 75 has to be something huge, right? Like it has to be, you would think. But we'll see. We'll see. And this is... The Amazing Spider-Man 66, written by Nick Spencer, pencils by Mark Bagley, inks by John Dell, and colors by Brian Reber. And you have one of Peter's roommates, Randy Robertson, just decided to move in with his girlfriend, Janice Lincoln, a.k.a. supervillain The Beetle, who just so happens to be the daughter of Tombstone, the archenemy of Randy's dad, Joe Robbie Robertson. Peter's other roommate, Fred Myers, a.k.a. reformed supervillain Boomerang, showed he wasn't so reformed and duped Spider-Man into procuring the pieces of the Lifeline tablet. Spidey worked really hard to keep or help Fred, even calling on former Avenger teammates, but Fred gave the tablet to Mayor Wilson Fisk, a.k.a. the Kingpin, who used it to resurrect his son, Richard Fisk, a.k.a. the Rose. A lot of AKAs going on here. Also, I'm only halfway through this blurb, and I skipped part of it. This is where you get (laughs) Nick Spencer's deal, and it, it drives me nuts each time. But this is where a lot of books end up with the recap of like, hey, Black Widow did this, and then she met this person, and off we go. This story is becoming so 
intricate there are at least so many moving pieces with this but meanwhile norman osborne now in charge of ravencroft institute for the criminally insane realized that the hellishly powerful villain kindred was really his son harry osborne to save harry norman teamed up with kingpin and captured kindred kingpin helped hoping uh kindred's power could resurrect his son which we thought was going to be his wife but it wasn't uh but not even sorcerer Baron Mordo could force Kindred to aid his quest. Now that Kingpin found other means, what will become of Harry Osborn? And it kind of seems silly now. I know that Kingpin would, you know, dot all the I's, cross the T's or whatnot. But I think me and you, and I think you even mentioned the idea, you have Kindred, 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 you know, and he's getting, you know, captured. He's getting tortured, all that. And then they just end up getting the Lifeline tablet, which ends up being the dupe anyway, and was set up that Boomerang was always going to do that, using Peter as like the pure at heart guy to get that last piece to break the curse. And then he gets a tab on like, eh, I don't need you, Kendra. <laughs> he kind of like, and even in this, it's, it's Mordo going, yeah, now I get to kill you. Now, now I get to just destroy you. And it does seem like those two things weren't really balanced out. And it, like by the end, you're like, eh, it doesn't hit as much. I like Kingpin trying to rely on Kindred. A little more than, oh, I got the Lifeline tablet. I got my son. Ah, you, you just go. We're just going to kill you. Uh, I don't know if you still think that way or whatnot, but it ends up kind of like a, a weird tangle of the story overall uh, instead of making the Kindred deal the focus. But I guess they want Kindred to, you know, not really get involved, get Kingpin. Like a lot of these things are, let's get Kingpin out of here. Let's get, you know, Robbie and Tombstone. Let's push them. It's like all that stuff going on. Uh, but it just made it seem a little convoluted, this whole plan. Yeah, no, I I saw it as just like you did. I thought it was a little weird that, you know, Kingpin would go all this way uh, and have this elaborate plan to take Kindred into custody and put him in this very special box. And all of a sudden, it's like, uh, actually, like they didn't even explain it as like, hey, we need you out of the way. It was, hey, we need you for this, but they never used him for it. Yeah, wouldn't it have been cool if you had a final step with the lifeline tablet that needed uh, a soul from hell or or kindred specifically to end up unlocking the last deal? So at least then he could use kindred to get what he wants, and then once he has it, discard him. Not just, well, I got the Lifeline tablet. I don't need you anymore. And eh, we had some fun there, Kindred, didn't we? Off you go right to your dad, where that's where he is. It just, it felt forced in a way now that we said it. It's to, it was to keep Kindred in the story, to keep Kindred, you know, in our mind and whatnot. Also, in my mind, a forced way to get Norman to defend his son and, and hopefully what Norman would say to show you know, us and Kindred, that he does want Harry back and he does love him. We're still not so, you know, sure. And with this issue, you see that Kindred has other plans as well. Um, but I think that's all it was. I think that it was there to keep him in the story, to keep him in, and have this push towards, you know, Norman and Harry. And it just felt weird by the end, like, okay, they go. And then out of nowhere, Norman comes with the spot jumps out, ends up saving Kindred at the last second where Mordo is going to get him, and then you end up taking Mordo off in, in cuffs. And, and the spot, you told me we had a deal, whatever, you'll get your deal and go. And I'm like, this this got really wonky a bit with the storytelling to try to get to this point, and then we go to a better thing. Once we get here, once we get the idea where 
kindred seemingly, oh, dad, this is what I wanted. This is what I fought through hell. You know, I ended up purging your sins as well. All this to get you because you're weak and you're awful and you're worthless. And that ended up stepping things up again. And I'm like, all right, we're getting some kindred stuff again. Uh, It's just that to get to that moment was odd. But we even said the idea, me and you talking, uh, this issue does throw a lot of things that we forgot all about. I think a lot of overdrive, you know, Carly, (laughs) a lot of those. But I will give you props here because at the end of the last issue, we ended up like, oh, my God, should we tell Peter the awfulness that has happened? Should we tell Spider-Man what has happened? And I thought that that was actually leading because they had that little backup of, you know, Spider-Man and uh, Black Cat in the Black Cat, the vault, all those things going on. Now, Black Cat has suddenly disappeared, it seems, in the scene because she was there with them before and all this stuff going down with the heroes and stuff like that. And uh, it ended up that they were talking about the Rose. And we still don't know how they would know this. Like, who knew it? Nobody seemed to have known that that's what Fisk was going to do. But the minute the Rose was back, they were aware and, and worried. It still feels weird to me. It, it just, I guess, it, it, you think it's just to up the ante of how bad this is for people who don't know. Oh, my God, the Rose, he's back. Oh, I thought that they hated each other. Ah, uh, well, I don't know, whatever. And we even see Fisk say, I'm going to make it better with you, my son, and hugs him, and we'll see what's going on. I mean, on unless, unless Kingpin actually shared this with everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, he, he bragged? I, it's yeah, because like cause he, I mean, because technically, these Avengers, these Defenders, whatever team you want to call them, they fought all of the mob bosses, everybody that was getting paid by Kingpin under this deal of like, hey, I'm going to give you a get-out-of-jail-free card. Like, unless they knew, it's weird it, because it, doesn't it, make sense. it didn't play out that way. It played out even that they realized they were duped. Remember, they're even calling in as a whole. They called in their lawyers and stuff. That's but true. Yeah. And again, though, if one of them knew, they didn't have any reason not to tell them because they were kind of pissed, realized that, you know, Fisk had played them. So maybe that was it, but it's weird. And then it, they just go. I mean, it's like, okay, well, we're going to have to do something about this. This could be bad. We'll go. And you, you do a lot of, you know, Star Wars type swipes here where you, you get a scene. Now let's swipe over to Robbie and, uh, you know, Lincoln have all this stuff with Tombstone and Robbie Robertson about the daughter and son. And this is a nice way to end it. This isn't crucial. It, it's just, hey, I go to this. Hey, you know, and he's there watching. And it's weird that he's like staring at his son while he's on a date. Right. He's there and like, but he says to Randy, hey. I came this far a lot. I like to settle down here, whatnot. You end up having Tombstone does the same thing, and they clink drinks and say, we have a truce as as long as it uh, with our daughter and son, with our kids, but we still hate each other, right? It is a nice moment, but this was already technically said in the the last issue. Yeah, and maybe they're going like, well, king size issues, and everybody, not everybody buys. But yeah, it's a nice moment. But we already were at this, which is why it shouldn't have been a number one. It yeah, I know. Been, yeah, yeah, it, <laughs> it should have just been, been this issue. Uh, but yeah, you end up. Yeah, we hate it. You said it's already done. Then you get MJ. She's coming out of a deal and getting in her car. Everybody's loving that Mysterio movie. I guess that she starred in from that amazing Mary Jane, which was not very good. But you end up where she gets in the car and Overdrive comes up, and things are hot and heavy here. And it's weird. They're hot and heavy in a way that some of this stuff isn't that big. So you're like, oh, overdrive. Like, it's not like I'm like, oh, my God, overdrive. 
But you do get these things, and this is, again, going to lead to Carly Cooper, which by the end you see she's kind of in the jail with Norm. Like, everything is kind of coming together, but very slowly and weird little tangents because Overdrive says to Mary Jane, hey, you know Carly Cooper, she's a friend. You said to me before, and I completely forgot that Carly tried calling MJ when she was looking at the bodies, uh, when we were still trying to figure out Kendra and all that stuff. And we never got a resolution of that. This is where she must have been knocked out by Kindred and put in a jail cell in a prison of his because she's gone missing. Overdrive's like, we were going to hook up. We were going to go on a date. It was going to be awesome. And she disappeared. And can you find her? Well, then we go and you go from here because I've been talking too much already. <laughs> and it's where this is where Norman saves Kindred and pretty much is like pouring his heart and, out to his son, right? And, and, and again, Harry kind of dupes him again because he's like, oh, like father, you know, giving this whole spiel about how they could have been closer and all of these other things. Kind of the same song and dance that we've been seeing. Honestly, same thing with when they first. So are you, you going to go with the idea that this is like a not a reset, but a like, here's what's going on. I'm going to reiterate some stuff so we can go forward because he has been. A little scattered in things, right? When you end up having a tombstone and a Randy Robertson or Robbie Robertson story with Randy and Beetle, you do end up, you know, kind of losing track of some things. So are you I think I think he is just reiterating stuff because I think there is a story he wants to tell. Uh, because we got that little tidbit of like, oh, you and you and Parker are gonna have to find this yep, out. And, that's what we and want, that, right? That was the one thing that we were kind of getting at that we were thought, oh, they're gonna do a team up and they're gonna have to work together and they're gonna have to trust each other in order to save Harry. Well, we've been getting those teases, and you know, Harry still says like, hey, Dad, there is still a chance for you. You need to do this. You need to do this. Yeah, it seems like it's all a dupe. But there's got to be some truth to that. Otherwise, there would be no point in Spencer writing it out as a dialogue. So I I think that point is something that we're going to see probably leading up to what will ine- inevitably be issue 75, which we're which what we think. But I, I don't know, like it, it does kind of get annoying, but it's because of Spencer's kind of scatterbrain type of writing where he wants to go on these little tangents of like, oh, this side character, or, oh, this side character. Those stories can be nice for small little character development moments, but you can still do those character development moments in your bigger story. Yeah, and he has a lot of, like, even the boomerang thing, that was getting back to way, way but Like, that came about again. Like, okay, we got to get into this again. And he does keep doing that. He keeps some, and even you said like the idea of Overdrive. That was big in the Sin Eater stuff at the beginning of the Sin Eater deal. Overdrive was one of the characters that Peter said this Sin Eater is not on the up and up and not good because these characters, when they get their sins, like some of them were dying or or maybe died, but then Overdrive wakes up. All these things going on, and then wanted to be redeemed with Carly, and they were maybe getting a little sexy. That's what he thinks. Um, but yeah, that was a while ago. Like a lot of the things that we're bringing up were 16 issues ago. The, a lot of the things even happened in the 50 or before the senior stuff before. And so I understand that he has to get everybody up to speed again. Uh, but it is kind of annoying. Like you said, when you get a thing with, okay, that's a night, but he does it in a way. I said the Robbie and Tombstone stuff 
it was nice. So he gives you it in a nice way so you don't want to throw too much shade at it, but we already had it. So you have to sit there and it kind of teeters back and forth. But I'll give it back to you because, yeah, Kendrick has duped. He's duped his dad. Yeah, he whacks he whacks him with one of these centipedes and knocks him unconscious. But then we move to uh, Jameson, which I'm not really sure how I feel about this because I understand that Jameson is supposed to be acting like he doesn't know who Peter is. But here he legitimate like it legitimately feels like Peter wouldn't want this whatsoever. And I feel like that is a complete misstep of who we were getting as Jameson as this new person who wants to legitimately help Parker be Spider-Man. So it, it just did feel off. I think there needs to be a status quo that people are used to, which is ultimately Jameson will always be famous for wanting to show the people that Spider-Man is a menace. Like that is the, that is the trope. And I feel like that is something that we will probably, I think we're getting back to, right? I mean, he's, he's pretty pissed. He even threw a Spider-Man movie line here. The, uh, somebody get me pictures of Spider-Man. Uh, and I, I think that's what Spencer is going to inevitably be doing. Like same thing with Kingpin, even across the Marvel universe. It's a, cool story with Kingpin being mayor, but we all know that he is a criminal. Like it's showing it everywhere. And eventually he will get out of that mayor's office and be the criminal that everybody knows and loves, you know? So I think Jameson is the same way. And I think, yeah, I agree. uh, I think that him and Robinson will ultimately probably make up and they'll rebuild the bugle the way it was. And, you know, everything will eventually, like I said, go into a status quo but it is a little bit of a a letdown to to see where we were really enjoying him, him being hilarious with this whole with the suit, with the and suit. It seems completely done, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. And you do get that deal. Jameson at least shows like he he does like Pete, loves Peter, and wanted to make. And now it's like, well, now he's made me look like a fool. I need to keep this going. And he's like, I'm going to make my own hero. So they're going to get somebody. And this will be a side story, whatnot, where he gets somebody else to get that suit on. Who knows if it's. Which is a replay of what he did with Scorpion all those years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, would it be like funny if it was Boomerang? Like Boomerang thinks that like all of a sudden you have that craziness. But even so, it is a replay and it is something where. Then Peter and Peter says in the deal, yeah, that doesn't sound good, but whatever, whatever does with Jonah. And when you do that, though, is this also the way that he goes so over the top? It's a big failure once again. And that's where Nora's like, you you get out of here. You're no longer threats and menaces. And then he has to go back to Robbie and the Daily Bugle. Maybe the the thing that I thought was going to happen all along was that the Daily Bugle was somehow or vice versa, because I don't know, Threats and Menaces seems like it's pulling in the cash under. I thought that maybe one or the other was going to buy the other up and combine them into it, and then they'd be forced to work. But now I'm thinking like you, that he's going to get fired and, and have to just crawl back to Robbie and get his deal and be pissed because he is a, you know, everybody thinks he's a fool. There you go. Menace, Spider-Man. Or he just does that in a way of, Again, we keep, it's the white fan. Get out of here. I hate you. Like he says that to Peter, Spider-Man, he does still love Peter. 
but he realizes what their relationship kind of always has to be. I have to be the guy who's famous for the menace stuff. You end up doing your thing. We can't go on Front Street with this online stuff with polls and things. Uh, But that's interesting enough. But again, that's not why we're here. You know, that also seemingly puts, like you said, the, the door slams on that suit that now just was another thing in this book it just was it was underutilized. People didn't like the look at first and thought it was ridiculous. Maybe people didn't like it as a, a social media thing. Me and you got a kick out of it. We thought it was hilarious. And I wanted to see more. We never got much of it. Uh but yeah, then you get these quick deals. Peter seems to have given the money to Aunt May anonymously and you know, to get the shelter up and boomerangs. Like the almost the same exact thing from last ish the giant issue, where he was sitting there with all his friends, right? It's almost like this is what you missed. Here's the thing. Boomerang's yeah. there. He's back to the deal. And like you said, even last issue, now Randy's going to move out. Peter doesn't have a roommate. All these things where he says, but that's just recap to us. And then you get another deal. Hey, uh, Brandy. Brandy, Brandy. She ended up uh, messaging him. And so, oh, it goes our Betty. Yeah, Betty Brand. I'm going to yeah. go. Why did I say Brandy? I think that was like somebody from like a porn or something. I don't know what I'm thinking. I think that that was actually somebody <laughs> who was like dating Nikki Six from Motley Crue back in the day or maybe married. Uh, but Betty Brandt, uh, there I go, my dirty mind. You end up where and looks a lot like Charlie Sheen for some reason to me in those panels there, but ends up getting Betty's text. Hey, come meet me. And we go and oh, my God, she's pregnant. But is this that like. Okay, let's see what that's about. You know what I mean? Because you seemingly think Betty's come back from Europe. Maybe there is the deal of when Harry went to Europe and there's that. I don't know. And so when we get all this, it's just another thing thrown out there when we want more Harry Kindred, all this stuff. And you're you're almost like giving us what we wanted and then showing we're not going to get to that for a while because that's what Nick Spencer does. And you end up with Carly in the prison. She wakes up and says, oh, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. And then a very, again, deceivingly young looking Norman that that threw us off way back. Uh, And Wolf Cypher is probably like, really, you're doing this again? But (laughs) it is Norman, though he's in different clothes. They ended up where I guess Kindred ended up knocking him out and changing clothes. Get him in a little more of a casual look here for prison. But he's put him in this prison. So this seems to be like everybody who knows a little too much because that's what it seemingly was with carly right hey mj she called her up i I gotta tell you about this this body oh no and then we didn't get anything so it seems like he's you know kindred is putting people into either do one of us like is this going to be yet another dinner scene that he's setting up for spider-man down the line or whatnot but this time with live people i don't know but it's interesting enough and some of these things uh, like the overdrive. Oh, my God. And I completely forgot about it. I, and that's the problem. Then you have to get this stuff out there again. But at the end, it is just reiteration of a lot of things we got last week and then some little side things that we'll get to and, and this and that down the line. And then you even have, you know, the next deal. We have the chameleon stuff coming up. And I, I just want to get the kindred. I really do, because I think that it's going to be pretty awesome to see what's going on with Harry and all that. And I'm enjoying each week. I, I say this to you all the time. I just, it's always like, come on, you're dangling carrots. I need to get to, you know, the meal here. And I feel that way again. Uh, how about yeah. you? No, I, I feel the exact same way. You know, there's, there's certain ways that you can uh, do a, uh, a recap 
you know, there's a reason why they have the recap pages in the very beginning. And some books who don't have necessarily a recap page, they do a little recap in the very beginning of the book and then move on with the story. Here, he's putting some recap near the middle and the very end of the book, and it just prolongs the story. This this issue is 33 pages by my count, and it could have been a regular-sized issue. Yeah, yeah, because – and the recap might be needed, but it's needed because of his storytelling – which I yeah. like, but it gets frustrating. And that's the big thing. Like Brandon, after Secret Empire, done. He's never reading a Nick Spencer book again, he claimed. Um, I like Nick Spencer, but he's frustrating to read at times. He's he's very frustrating. And in a way that's different from some other frustrating writers. Like you have like, and you know, not to throw shade, but Brian Michael Bendis, you know, a lot of people, oh, he, it takes Oof. him 15 issues to tell two issues of story. <laughs> it's like Nick Spencer's the, he's telling too much, but then he has to remind you of things. And then he goes, and that's the thing where you do end up with what's necessarily in his mind. You need a oversized issue to tell recap, mostly set up some things, but it, it read pretty fast for me. It wasn't like I was bogged down by it and pissed, but by the end, you're frustrated because that little tidbit of Kindred gets me excited again. But yet, uh, we're going to have to deal with Jonah, which I loved. I loved Jonah since we, you know, had in this deal the podcast stuff. Like, I thought that was hilarious. Then it ups to the social media like that. But then you get Betty. Then you get Overdrive. Like, all these things. Yeah, I think that these will all converge pretty big into that. You know, whatever the next big issue of it's 75. Who knows? We may have to wait till 100. Who knows what's going on? And then <laughs> I will, uh, uh, it'll well, drive me nuts. I will say that it's nice to end on a note that I don't know where we're going because recently on the cliffhangers, you're like, oh, we're going to go, we're going to go, you know, do a negative man thing. Okay. We're going to go do overdrive. Here, it looks like the cliffhanger is connected to Kindred, which we want. So thankfully, that's where it is. It looks like the next issue, uh, I can't tell who that face is. It looks is. like it Chameleon in my mind. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it, it does look like Chameleon, which I can't remember the last time we saw Chameleon. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't recall so If If that's the case, then at least we're getting newer story. So I'm I'm okay with where we're ending this issue. Compared to where we have been, where we're getting little tidbits and not necessarily moving in the direction that we want. And here we are. I, I just want to mention that Brandy Brandt, by the way, I guess it's like, <laughs> what was a Playboy Playmate of the Month in October of 1987 <laughs> and in uh, between 89 and 1996 was married to Nikki Six of Motley Crowe. So I at least had that right. Wow. I had that right. For some odd reason So there you go But before we go Because this is the only book with you On the regular podcast Just a shout out though Me and you are going to be going off right now After this To talk on the Patreon exclusive Spotlight Where me and you are going to do Fantastic Four Life Story And also Shang-Chi number one Returning from Gene Luan Yang But before we go here Tell everybody where they can find you yeah, so you can find me at Fanboy Clay on Twitter, uh, and we're going to have it here in the description, but if you go on Twitter, go to my bio, the link tree will be there, uh, where you can find the link to all of my shows, those including uh, the DC Alliance podcast, the Batman News Weekly podcast. As of right now, Comic Book Legion with me and Mark is uh, on hiatus. Right now, Mark is building his house, 
And so he wants to do all of that first before uh, he jumps on because he just doesn't want to be halfway into each book. He wants to devote all of his time on the podcast when he's available to do so. So Comic Book Legion is on a small and maybe hiatus. he'll uh, recharge his batteries too because yes, he's having some yes. issues. So maybe that'll he get him reading, fired up. He, he is reading a lot of indie, which is getting him motivated for for a, no a lot of other yet. books. No, We didn't convince him. No, not yet. I'm trying to Damn get him. him. There. I'm, I'm <laughs> trying him. to get him there. <laughs> but uh, of course, this podcast and its Patreon, as well as the Weird Science DC podcast, where I do the digital spotlights. And then, of course, the Ranger Alliance podcast, which is, again, a part of the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. And that's that. So thank you for joining me here. Clay, we're going to go off. Me and you are going to go off and record those other two. So thanks, everybody. Thank you, uh, Clay. See ya.